You're listening to UK Health Radio, and coming up now are the Sugar Diaries with Laura Thomas. She will help us all on our journey of sweet self-discovery. You can find out more about Laura at happysugarhabits.com. Meanwhile, here she is. UK Health Radio, just what you've been waiting for. Hi, this is Laura Thomas and you're listening to The Sugar Diaries on UK Health Radio. Now, this week I've got another interview for you. We're talking to Gina Batier, um, who is a holistic health coach um, and who is talking today about lots of different things. Now, we actually don't talk about sugar um loads today which is i think kind of nice for a change um but we are talking about other things that are really really important to health so trans fats um diet drinks um and you can hear a little bit about gina's story which is very very interesting okay hi gina how are you Hi, I'm fantastic, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to me today, Gina, for, for the Sugar Diaries and um, looking forward to hearing your story and, and getting lots of healthy tips, um, whether they're to do with sugar or not to do with sugar. Um, but, you know, great to have you here. So I guess, you know, let's start off Tell us a little bit about your story, give us an introduction and, you know, what what made you become interested in health and wellness? That's a very good place to start. Okay, so let me introduce myself. I'm, I'm Gina, Gina Batty. Um, I guess it all really started at the age of 22 whilst I was out shopping with my mum. Um, I was quite used to partying, going out, having lots of fun. I'd just finished university and at the age of 22, that lifestyle had kind of just carried on really. Um, but when I went out shopping, a realisation came to me. Um, and actually what I realised was that I'd piled on quite a lot of weight and okay. I'd reached a size 16 without even noticing. I was shopping for an outfit for my birthday and trying on the size 16 shirt was literally the last straw for me. It was it was a case of all the partying and all the bad eating, which I'd been, um, been doing for quite a while uh, during my university years, really. It all caught up with me. So I decided there and then that I wanted to turn it around and to get back to the slim and happy me. Okay. So I started off by making a few tweaks to my diet and then I made a few more tweaks and then a few more tweaks and I noticed quite quickly the weight was dropping off and actually it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. And it's interesting because I wasn't dieting, I was literally just changing a few things. So that was kind of the start of my journey really. And then when I was 26, I started having digestion issues and eventually I was diagnosed with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. I was told to take medication to deal with it, which I really, really didn't want to do. I'm not one of these people who um, chooses to take medication. So I decided instead that I would hit the web, I would hit the books, and I talked to everybody that I possibly could to find out how I could manage my symptoms without that medication. And again, I started tweaking things. So I, I think I, I kind of stopped tweaking things when I 
uh, hit the digestion issues. But all of a sudden I thought, do you know what? I'm going to carry on with tweaking my diet. But this time I also started to tweak my lifestyle as well. And interestingly, the tweaks that I've made had a huge impact in my life. Thankfully, I'm now totally symptom free and I feel on top of my game. And interestingly as well, I'm no longer a size 16. I'm now a petite size 6. Wow. So that is so, that is quite a uh, difference. Quite a journey. Yes, yeah, yeah, quite a not journey. Just, that's not just one or two sizes. That's quite a few sizes going Absolutely. Down. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I'd always been quite little as a... Uh, as a youngster really so yeah. I always remember being kind of size 8 size 10 and then without re- as, I, as I said I, without even realizing I put on quite a lot of weight but then just from changing and I'm talking little tweaks here and there it's really made a massive difference to my life so give us an example of kind of a couple of the tweaks that you made okay so um, let me see the first one that I did was cutting down on takeaways. I used to eat a lot of takeaways. So instead of eating them kind of three or four times a week, I would limit it to one. And then eventually I cut them out totally. So they disappeared. Um, I can, it's it's quite funny because I can chart exactly what I did and what impact that had as I, as I go through the journey. So I started with the takeaways. I then moved on to cutting out alcohol completely. And that alone helped me to dress, to dress, <laughs> to drop two dress sizes, um, which was quite astonishing at the time. I didn't yeah. realize that it would have that much impact. Um, so as you can see, just little things that I was starting to do, um, started to eat brown products instead of white products. So okay. brown rice, brown pasta, that sort of thing. Um, and then I cut out jars of sauces. So things like pasta sauces. I used to buy quite a lot of those and and go through those on a on a weekly basis. So, yeah, just cutting down on a few things, cutting out a few things. Um, and back then, I actually thought I I had quite a healthy diet, but looking back, I really didn't. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it, when you look back when you when your knowledge has evolved and your what you've learned has evolved over the years. You look back and you're like, God, I was I thought I thought I had it all sorted then, but I didn't really. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And the the key thing that I've learned from the whole process really is that as I was starting to learn things, I was becoming inspired by everything that I was reading and everything I was learning. And I noticed that people all around me were asking me how I was losing the weight and how I was looking healthier and you know how my skin looked clearer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was then that I decided that I wanted to help others to become healthier and happier too. Spread the love and all that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. If, and if people are asking you, then, you know, it's a great motivation and inspiration to start doing something like that. It is. It one, is. one question I had, like, from just, your, you know, t- you're talking about your story then, that I think people will be quite interested in hearing, is obviously you made these tweaks. Now, you know, taking your takeaways from three to one a week is some, you know, kind of manageable alcohol cutting alcohol out of your your diet completely is quite a big step and i know for some people that's quite a big lifestyle change i mean i i still actually admittedly drink alcohol now it's still a part of my lifestyle um i just kind of manage it but you know how how much did these tweaks uh, you know actually fundamentally change your lifestyle and and you know how did you find that lifestyle transition 
it's been quite an interesting one, actually. At first, I was quite worried about changing my lifestyle because, like you say, quite a lot of people do like to drink alcohol. They like to go out. They like to have uh, nights out with their friends and all that kind of thing. And, and yeah. it tends to involve alcohol. Um, it, it did especially for me because at that age, that was quite a big part of my life. So I, I didn't cut out alcohol straight away. Okay. Let me make that clear. So I started off by um, cutting it out at home first. So my my pattern back then would have been something like um, during the week, I might have maybe a couple of bottles of wine or some beer during the week, you know, when you get home from work, yeah. have a glass of wine with tea or whatever. So I used to do that. And then I would go out on a Saturday, sorry, a Friday and a Saturday night um with my friends so that was kind of where I started in terms of the tweaks that I made I started actually by not drinking at home as much so rather than have let, let's say I had two bottles of wine a week I cut down to one and then I gradually phased it out so I wouldn't need to have any while I was at home so instead I was just going out on the Friday and Saturday and then what I realized was actually when it came to the Friday and Saturday I didn't really enjoy it that much because I wasn't drinking during the week and I, I noticed that my habits were changing I actually realized that I didn't really want it at the weekend um so I started off by I was still socializing still going out but rather than having uh one drink after another I would have maybe a soft drink or just not drink as much when I went out and slowly over a period of time kind of disappeared out of my life quite naturally Okay. You know, it wasn't yeah. a forced thing by any means. Yeah, no, and I think that's a really nice, inspiring story for people, um, you know, who do find that they're drinking a lot, you know, that it can just be done gradually and almost like painlessly like that. Absolutely, and, and it's interesting because now I, I don't even miss it. I don't miss the lifestyle. I don't miss the hangovers especially. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I don't do good hangovers. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that, that was certainly something that I've, I've not missed. Um, and in terms of uh, cravings, people tend to ask me quite frequently, is it something that you think about often? And actually, it's not, really. The only time that I ever think about it is, you know, if you go to a celebration, so like a wedding or something, um, and people are toasting? Yeah. That is the only time that it, it really gets me. Um, but even then, I, I live by the 80-20 rule, so even then, I might have one glass. So I wouldn't say I, I don't drink at all. You know, I do drink on very special occasions. Um, but that's a choice, you know. You can yeah. when when you when you're not in the habit of drinking every day, then you can make those choices, and it's a lot easier to make those choices. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it's it's a personal choice for everybody. Absolutely. Um, but no, it's a great, it's a great story. You know how you've gone from, you know, this this significant weight loss, which lots of people will be interested in. Um, I guess, kind of, what would you say? You know, you've described some of your tips and things, but I know you, you, you know, share information with lots of other people. What are your kind of top three um, health tips that you think most people would make the, you know, the biggest impact on their health if they adopted? Okay, so I've already mentioned one, which is the 80-20 rule. Mm -hmm. do, do you know much about the 80-20 yeah, rule? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I live by the 80-20 rule, so I eat 80% healthily and then 20% as I like. Uh, 
and that 20% includes any treats that I might want. Um, and what I found with that actually is it's a more sustainable lifestyle. So rather than doing all the dieting and calorie counting and all that sort of thing, I find that it's so much more sustainable for your weight, but also for your lifestyle um, to live by the 80 20 rule. So that's the first one. Okay, yeah. Uh, the second one is to plan ahead. It is really difficult to be healthy um, on the go. I don't know if you realize when you go out, um, even if you just go out shopping, it's really difficult to get a healthy meal while you're out. Um, and the same goes with snacks, actually. So I always say to people to plan ahead. If you know that you're going out for the day, make sure you take adequate snacks and meals with you, if you can. Um, and yeah, just a bit of forward thinking. It gets you, gets you really far with your, with yeah. your health. And the third one is, I guess it's around thinking about your health holistically. So quite a lot of people think, I'll diet or I'll exercise and that will help me to lose weight and, and be healthier and, and all that kind of stuff. But actually, what I found is that it's not just about eating the right things or just about exercising or just about doing any of those things in isolation. It won't lead you to a healthy life. I found what, and, and this is something that I did, um, that I focused on five core elements that all work together. So those five are food exercise, stress, achieving balance, and looking after your spirit. Now, the work that I do all centers around these five areas, and the, as I said, these areas are the ones that I concentrated on when I was on my journey. What I realized quite quickly was that I couldn't just um, diet and I couldn't just exercise. I needed to do all of these five things together, and I think that is what had the massive impact on me and my mm. outlook. Yeah. So, so that's, now that's that's what I work with with clients on those five areas. Yeah, so that's that's very uh, similar to the approach. So obviously, you know, I, as you know, I'm a holistic health coach, yep. and we talk about our primary foods, which are very closely aligned. So we have exercise, spirituality, um, you know, career fulfillment, and uh, oh gosh, the other ones like now escapes my mind. Well, obviously, you've got. Um, uh, you know, and keeping stress, you know, and yeah. managing your, you know, your stress levels and things. Um, and you know, if you're, if you've not got, if you're, if you're starved of one of those primary foods, if you're not feeding yourself with a fulfilling career or, you know, a decent amount of exercise or some kind of wider spiritual, um, uh, practice, then that's when you're going to turn to food and you're going to go, you know, and start comfort eating or emotional eating and, and, you know, relying on your secondary foods. And actually those, like you say, to concentrate and focus some of your healthy efforts on those primary things can have a really massive impact. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But I wouldn't have known that having not having gone down the journey that I've gone down. I would have literally thought, okay, so I can diet or I'll just pick up the exercise a bit more. Um, so it's only physically going through this process and, and transforming my body and my life, I guess, really, um, that I've realised how important those five areas are. Yeah, yeah, like you say, the holistic kind of balance. Absolutely. No, that's it's really, really interesting. Um, another question I had was, and I, I like asking this question to people, if, <laughs> if, you could, if you could get everybody tomorrow in the UK, mm -hmm. um, to adopt one healthy habit, what would it be and why? Oh, now I'm restricted. One healthy habit. One healthy oh. habit. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Okay. Um, okay. So I think it would be to cut out trans fats. Mm-hmm. Um, so why? Okay. They're really no good for your body and have a major impact on your health and your happiness. As you, as you know, they're linked to many health issues. Um, are you aware of how trans fats come about? Do you know how? I mean, I do personally, but, but please do explain it for anyone listening. Okay. I think it'd right. be useful. Yeah, well, I've got quite a, an interesting take on it. So, um, yeah, okay, I'll talk you through it. So, imagine you have a bottle of olive oil. Yeah. Okay, it's liquid at room temperature. So, food manufacturers, they take oils like olive oil and they put them through a process called hydrogenation. And this is where they heat the oil to a very high temperature in huge vats. The heat, it pushes all the molecules in the oil further apart, so it makes them highly reactive. Once it's hit that point, a nickel catalyst is added to the vat to increase the reaction speed, so it gets it all nice and moving quickly. Once that has happened, hydrogen gas is then pumped through the oil. So you can see that they're, they're, changing, um, they're changing the oil by adding things to it. Now, oils have a bent chain. So if you imagine a bent chain in front of you, the hydrogen attaches to the chain at the point of the bends. So the, the hydrogen that they've pumped in, it attaches to the chain at that point of the bend. And what happens there is the bent chain becomes fully saturated with the hydrogen atoms and it chain, turns the chain into a straight one. So what was a bent chain now becomes a straight one. The straight chain resembles one uh, one such as a saturated fat. So it now, because it is straight, it's solid at room temperature. Mm-hmm. So what started as a mono or a polyunsaturated oil ends up with a straight chain, just like a saturated fat. Now, when it comes to um, the fat chains, the shape of the chain determines the function in the body. Now, as we mentioned, during the hydrogenation process, the oil change that we started with has become altered. So the resulting chain, sorry, the resulting shape is now a straight chain. Your body is totally fooled by that shape. It can no longer perform what it thinks is the correct chemical reaction that it associates with the unsaturated chain. So your body, you take that that food into your body, the trans fat, and the chain actually becomes altered. And because it's altered, the body doesn't know what to do with it. So it sits in your body being unused because your body, body doesn't know what to do with it. Very confusing. Yeah, but brilliant explanation, Gina. I really like that. I know it's a bit scientific and it might have boggled some people's minds. Apologies. <laughs> no, no, no. I really like it. I think it's really good to kind of go into that level of detail with, with this, with trans fats. I think so, because, you know, a lot of people know about hydrogenation and hydrogenated fats, but they don't actually know the process and what has been done to the food um, or the oil in this instance. Um, and, and it happens very, very frequently, you know, you, in terms of where you find trans fats, in case people are unsure. Obviously, I've talked about things like margarines. Mm-hmm. Um, you find it in things like biscuits, cakes, crackers, uh, takeaway foods, things like TV dinners, uh, pre-prepared foods, any low fat processed foods. Things such as sweet sauces and syrups, which is why I gave up eating from the jars, you know, the 
uh, pasta jars. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just simply cutting down on those jars will cut out trans fats yeah. significantly out of your life. So I think, for me, the biggest habit that I would like people to change is eating these trans fats. It's, it's not, yeah, to start moving towards eating less of them or, you know, eliminating, eliminating them altogether. Absolutely. And one of the, the, ways, the aim is to eliminate, really, but yeah. Yeah. One of the ways you can do that is just starting eating very, you know, clean, whole foods, cooking yourself, yep. like you say, stopping the pasta sauces, stopping the microwavable meals, stopping the takeaways, you know, and just cooking things where you know where the ingredients have come from, you've prepared them, and you've added the, the fats that you know that you want, you know, whether that's yeah, yeah. butter or coconut oil or you know, natural meat fat from, from meat, um, and things. So yeah, fantastic tip. And I think that, you know, I, I have to, you know, whether that's my one health habit I would pick, I don't know. Mine would probably be sugar. <laughs> Mine would probably that be refined sugar. Come on. Mine would be refined <laughs> sugar, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, trans fats, absolutely. Um, I thought you said that that sugar's too obvious, so you know I wanted to pick something yeah. a bit different. <laughs> I asked I asked Ian Marber, um, who's uh, you know the food doctor, the same oh, question, yeah. and and he did say refined sugar. That was a couple of years ago when I asked him. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they're the two 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 of the things, different habits. Um, I think they're the two things that have made the most impact on my life. Yeah, the sugar as well. So yeah. And I guess, like, you know, what do you think are some of the biggest health kind of myths out there at the moment? Now, I know there's a number of these, but what kind of, what health myths really kind of get your growth up, so to say? I would say, as you mentioned, there are quite a lot of myths out there. Yeah. Um, Let me think of one. Um, Okay, so... I think the the one that stands out the most for me is related to um, drinks, really. So quite often I hear people say one of these two things. Diet fizzy drinks are better for me than full fat varieties. Okay, yeah. And the other one is decaffeinated drinks are better for me than caffeine drinks. I think those two statements the thing that gets me the most <laughs> okay go on do expand okay so right i'll tackle the the fizzy drinks one first so fizzy drinks all fizzy drinks including diet ones typically typically contain uh water either sugar or sweetener a flavoring agent caffeine colorings preservatives and lots of other ingredients that aren't good for you so they're, they're the kind of top ingredients really the health effects of fizzy drinks are well recorded and the common health issues related to drinking fizzy drinks are as we know obesity mm-hmm. weight related disease bone loss and tooth decay multiple artificial sweeteners are used in diet drinks instead of the sugar so yes it's not high in sugar but they do put artificial sweeteners in now the key here key here is the word artificial sweeteners they still give you the sweet taste you expect from a fizzy drink but they are artificial so they're not you know they're not um they're not the healthiest they're being manufactured 
yeah, they're completely kind of chemically engineered. And we're talking exactly. about things like aspartamine and Splendor and things like that, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. Acesulfame K, saccharin, sucralose, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. If you look on the back of a fizzy drink on the ingredients list, you'll see those things listed. And as, as we've said already, they've got many health issues associated with them. And the, the health issues that are associated with fizzy drinks are actually linked to the sweeteners that are in there. Um, and just another note on fizzy drinks, trans fats, they're also in them. So you would be expecting not only the health issues from the sweeteners, but also from the trans fats too. So I always recommend people stay away from all varieties of fizzy drinks at all costs. Yeah. Whether they're, you know, um, full fat varieties or the fizzy, um, diet fizzy ones. It makes no difference. They're not natural products and they've got many health related issues associated with them. Yeah. And I know, especially from working with um, people uh, on my sugar detox programs, that I really need them to get sweet out of their mouth altogether. And that includes all artificial sweeteners, because if they're putting that sweet taste in their mouth, it doesn't matter about the calories or the, you know, anything. They're still putting that sweet in their mouth and they're still going to, it's still going to result in craving sweet. Yeah, it's very addictive. The next day or the next week. And, you know, the whole point of detoxing of sugar is to stop you from actually craving sweet and from, um, you know, desiring sweet. Um, So artificials do not help you in that journey <laughs> absolutely absolutely um absolutely. so no fantastic yeah no really really good really good point about the the diet drinks it's something that i i get asked quite a lot about artificial sweeteners you know oh, are they okay um and it's kind of like mm, no <laughs> no stay away <laughs> um not really i think the, the thing that really upsets a lot of people that i work with is uh tonic water because ah, okay, tonic yeah. water has so much sugar in it that people and people don't realize because a gin and tonic tastes quite dry mm. you know so people don't expect you know people don't see a tonic water like they do a coke um and they're like oh you know slimline tonics fine but it's the same it's still got an artificial sweetener in it absolutely um so it, you know these things are are difficult and it's it's really important for people to become aware of what they're actually drinking with these with these drinks absolutely absolutely and i think the same goes with the caffeine you know the decaffeinated versus uh, caffeine mm-hmm. people tend to think that decaf is better for them than caffeine drinks like the full full version of the drink um but it's also that the decaffeinated drink has been subjected to processing to strip away the caffeine. So, again, it's gone through that artificial kind of processing stage. Um, it's gone through abnormal processes. It's not natural. Um, and, yes, there are arguments to say that caffeine is good for you for certain aspects of your health and that decaf is better for you. But I always suggest that you know the side effects of both and you decide for yourself whether you drink it or not. And if you do decide to drink it, I always say drink the fresh varieties, not instant. Yeah. And always make sure that you rehydrate properly afterwards. So make sure you either chase it with a glass of water or alternatively find an alternative hot drink such as uh, chamomile tea, which is well known for its relaxing properties or green tea, which is well known for its antioxidant and weight loss properties. 
Yeah. Two two very good alternatives. Yeah, I'm actually sat here drinking uh, one of my favourites, which is licorice and peppermint tea. Oh, nice! It is actually tastes so sweet. <laughs> it's the it's the one of the best uh, craving killers for after meal for post meal. Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really really good. So yeah, there's loads of lovely herbal teas out there, um, you know, to try and and things. Now, I actually, I mean, I, you know, talking about decaf is quite interesting. You know, I so I occasionally do still have decaf, and I'm aware that it's being processed and things. But for me, sometimes the 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 effect of a coffee on me is I just don't like. Um, so, like you say, everybody, you know, weigh up your individual kind of preferences and what you know what what you what your what your kind of choice is in that moment and what you want. Um, and again, you know, we can come back to the eighty twenty rule. Um, so. You know, if you're if you're having something, you know, every now and then it's part of your twenty percent, then it's absolutely fine. Absolutely, absolutely. I used to drink um, coffee. I, I don't drink it very often. I'm I'm quite a um, quite an energetic person. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as soon as I have a coffee, it hits me. Yeah, I start shaking. Me I, too. I know gibbering and everything. So I, I actually made the conscious decision not to drink caffeine drinks and either go for decaf or none at all. Um, but interestingly, I still get it with decaf, but not as much. Oh, really? Yeah. That's very interesting, yeah. it's uh, I can feel it in my body. As soon, even if I just have a sip of decaf, I can feel it in my body straight away. Right, so yeah, the, the, you know, like you say, there's still something in there that's that's reacting to you and your body. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, really, really, really interesting um, and, and really helpful for people. Um, I guess, you know, another one of my questions that I've got for you, Gina, is, you know, what in today's world and today's society and, and you know, with, with the kind of current lifestyle that lots of people live, what do you think are the biggest challenges that, that everyone faces with, with adopting kind of healthier lifestyles? I think there are four um, four main challenges that come to mind, really. The first is knowledge. There are a lot of conflicting messages out there, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which leads to confusion around what to do. You know, there's so much, um, so many different perspectives and and uh, so many different pieces of advice going on that it is quite confusing. So knowledge would be the first one. Um, I guess the second one would be motivation. Peer pressure, willpower, and off days knock people's confidence and affects their decisions. I think a lot of people struggle with motivation, and it's not an easy one to master. <laughs> yeah. um, the third one is time. There, there seems to be a misconception that you need time to be able to adopt a healthier lifestyle. Now, I don't quite understand that one myself. Um I think it's all around forward thinking, making sure you're planning well in advance. If you do that, then, you know, you you make time, I guess, really. So, yeah, time is, is is a big misconception around adopting a healthy lifestyle. And I guess the fourth one is money. People tend to think it's more expensive to adopt a healthier lifestyle. And while I can see the point and I can see where people are coming from with that one 
yes, a good healthy meal is a little bit more expensive than a bag of chips or a pizza or whatever it is. However, if you know what are good choices and what aren't, and you can cook at home, it is cheaper to buy healthier foods in the long run. Yeah. And I always think of it as you're investing in your health and your future. Yeah, or see it's like a health tax. I know uh, one of the, the someone I follow a lot, Tim Ferriss, writes and says, you know, that if you're at an airport and the salad is three pounds more expensive than the, you know, processed sandwich, it is annoying. You know, I'm not paying, you know, I'm paying three pounds more, but just see it as a as a health tax. You know, Absolutely. you're paying the extra then. But like in X amount of years down the line, you won't have to be paying for extra healthcare or, um, you know, other th- or, you know, other medications or other things to solve any number of health ailments. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it, actually. Yeah. So you can think of it as a bit of a, as a bit of a health tax at the time. Um, or like you say, actually, once you get into good routines and good habits and you're cooking whole foods and you're making the most of ingredients and you're learning good tips with your freezer, you know your freezer and storage and all sorts it becomes actually very economical um it does you just got to go through that learning process don't you yeah yeah absolutely i Um, think that was the biggest thing for me in terms of um lifestyle really not necessarily what i was eating but it was more about lifestyle so i I started off with quite uh, an unhealthy lifestyle and through the education and through the uh, teaching myself really it became a lot easier over time it was just changing those habits and knowing what I could eat and what I shouldn't be eating and you know making sure I had things in the fridge that were good for me and getting rid of all the bad stuff I think once you've gone through that process and you've you've cleansed your cupboards and you've got rid of all the, the rubbish out of them then it makes it a lot easier longer term to manage it yeah yeah um no absolutely like you say learning process and I, i'm still learning now i still learn like every now and then how to freeze a new ingredient or i refine kind of the process of making a salad or something like that absolutely um, you're always learning you know I'm, I'm doing the same i'm learning raw food at the moment i do a lot of cooking demonstrations around okay. the uk yeah um so i'm currently experimenting with raw food uh it's quite an interesting journey actually it's quite good I'm enjoying it. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, interesting. We'll have to keep an eye out for your um, your your cooking demonstrations. Um, tell us a little bit more about what you what you actually do, Gino. You know, you just mentioned the cooking demonstrations. What else do you What else do you do? Uh, that's a very good question. Okay, <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, I, I focus around five core elements: so yeah. food, keeping active, reducing stress, achieving balance, and looking after the spirit. I guess the main thing that I do really is I transform people from being the tired, overweight and stressed little monster they've become into the healthier, energetic and fun person that they really are. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, And what I tend to find is that I work with people to lose weight and sustain it for life, boost their energy so they can keep going until midnight get fit and healthy without joining a gym and have more fun every day. So that's kind of the crux of it, really. The key to my work is for clients to learn the simple and practical steps that they can take every day. So there's no fuss, no upheaval, no stress around it. 
everything that we do can be fitted around even the most hectic of daily schedules. Yeah. Now, in terms of um, how people work with me, clients have a choice of how they become healthier and happier. Depends what their what their preferences are. So the majority of people work with me through the two-day wellbeing workshops that I run. And they work with me in a small group. Or if they want longer, they can access the five-day health retreats. And I've found that these really turn people's lives around. Five days is a great length of time to really work with somebody in depth um, to really make those tweaks and changes to achieve their goals. I also have a health academy where you can access an online community which is filled with resources to start you on your journey. Most people from that then progress onto the self-study programs that I offer. And then for some people, they take the accredited courses on food, lifestyle and, and spirit so they can share the knowledge with the world just as I do. So they deliver what I deliver. Uh, I've mentioned about cooking already, so I do cooking demonstrations. And for those who struggle with cooking, I run a cooking school where people learn how to make healthy food. We have lots of fun with those. And uh, the last way that clients engage with me is I have a very limited number of people I work with on a one-to-one -one basis. I only work with four people at any one time. Um, I want to make sure that I'm giving my clients the utmost um, time and my energy to make sure they're achieving what they want to achieve. So they're the different ways that people can access support. Um, and the other thing which I'm hugely excited about right now, in fact, today, this very day, I have received my first copy of my new book, How Fantastic. to Eat Biscuits in Blues. Hugely exciting moment. I've, I've got it in my hand right now and I can't stop smiling. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you know those tweaks I talked about when we first started chatting with regards to how I went from a size 16 down to a size 6? Yeah. That's what my book covers. So all of the all of the strategies that I use, all of the um, tips and techniques that I've picked up, I've put them all into my book. And yeah, it's it's, it's great. You have to read it. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. So so yeah, when's that coming out then? When's that available for everybody? Okay, so it's available on March the sixth on Kindle. Okay, March the sixth. Yeah. If you get it on March the 6th, you will get it for 99p. It's a one-day offer, 99p, bargain. Serious bargain. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then the print version is out on the 5th of May. So that's May Day, 5th yeah. of May. And if people head over to my website and pre-order, they will get a whole raft of free gifts when it's launched on May the 5th. So, shall I give you my website? Yeah, go for it, go for it. Okay, so it's www.healthbygina.com, and Gina is G-I-N-A. So it's www.healthbygina.com. Okay, so do go out, do go and have a look and, and check out Gina's book. It's fantastic offer. 99p on, on March the 6th, but also all the other free gifts that you can get on the on the website by logging on. Um, and yeah, thank you, Gina. It's been really, really lovely to talk to you. Um, we've kind of covered quite a nice, diverse range of topics there. 
and different things. We didn't actually manage to talk about sugar, but seeing as I talk about sugar on most of these shows, I think that's quite nice for a change. <laughs> and as we've said, you know, um, you know, giving, you know, not eating refined sugar is probably a, a big part of your journey yourself. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. People can read more about, if, you know, with your book. Absolutely. And listen, if you ever want me back to talk about sugar, I'm more than happy to come back on and talk. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we can do another show. We could have a little bit of a debate or something. So that's, that's something we could consider for the future. So, so yeah, no, so do, um, if anybody's got any thoughts or comments, you know, do let us, let me or Gina know, um, you know, my Twitter is Laura J underscore Thomas and Gina, yours is health, by Gina, I think, isn't it? It is, yeah, on both Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter and Facebook. So do feel free to kind of reach out, ask us any questions. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Gina and find out more about her story, then then please do. Um, yeah, and, and, and thanks for listening. It's been, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on. Okay. Take care, Gina. Bye. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Now for the latest news flash. There's good news from Australia and one-stop health shop. Now you can get the papaya products your body needs to fight aging and combat damage to the central nervous system. Products that aid plasma glucose level decrease, that assist in weight loss, that support wound healing, and that combat many diseases. Papaya Leaf Extract's probiotic formula actually reduces oxidative stress and supports and boosts your immune system. The probiotic formula is documented to be antibacterial, antifungal, and antiviral. Papaya, one of the richest sources of antioxidants, is up to 20 times more powerful than vitamin E. Log on now to onestophealthshop.com to see and read the good news about these 100% organic products. The good news is papaya extract is now available from onestophealthshop.com. Everybody's looking for that something. One thing that makes it all You find it in strange places Places you never knew it could be Some find it in the face of their children Some find it in the lover's eyes Who can deny the joy it brings when you found that special thing, you're flying without wings. Some find you cheering every morning. Some in the solitary night. You find it in the words of The God of your church All your life And when you know How much that means You found that special thing 
Joe! 